With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am FJ LaFira. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, what a game. What a series. Yeah, uh, you know, the Red Sox, they take a very commanding two to one series lead over the Astros. Uh, I mean, we can get right into it here as the game was over pretty much prior to it even starting. The Red Sox jump all over Jose or in the second inning. Uh, I believe it started with, well, actually we should talk about how for the Red Sox, Eduardo Rodriguez first two innings looked extremely sharp worked a one, two, three in the first in the second, he strikes out the side, uh, Al Jordan Alvarez, Carlos Correa, Kyle Tucker, three of the best hitters in the American league right there. just strikes them out all back to back to back, uh, bottom of the second, I believe Xander Bogart struck out to start the inning Verdugo walk. What was it? J.D. Martinez double, and then it was Renfro, Renfro walk. Let's see. Let me just actually let me just pull up the plays here. It'd be easier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Christian Vasquez singles next to drive home Verdugo, and it's one nothing Boston. 
Christian Arroyo reaches base on a fielder's choice because uh, Jose Altuve, uh, LJ, well, what exactly was he trying to do there? Um, Brandon, I got to tell you, for starters, there was, I'm not sure if they were, they both counted errors for Altuve tonight. Were there, because I can use the two. This is the one that bounced up on him, right? I think so, yeah, or in the second inning, yeah. It basically bounced up and hit him in the chest, and he could not bring it in. Would have easily been a double play. To get out of the inning. Gotten out of the inning. But no, instead, it just flops right off his chest. They, they do not get an out out of that opportunity. Next batter is Kyle Schwarber, the leadoff hitter. He hits a grand slam. Uh, Red Sox third grand slam of the series. The only team in MLB postseason history to hit three grand slams in a series. And it's only been three games. Uh, that makes it six, nothing. Uh, in the, in the third inning, the Red Sox pile on three more runs. Uh, thanks to, let's see, they got a Christian Vasquez single after Hunter Renfro stole second and Martin Mal. Donato made a throwing error. Uh, the Vasquez single drove home Renfro. Then Christian Arroyo hits a two-run homer uh, to make it nine to nothing, and game was over at this point. Uh, LJ, something interesting I saw. So Urquidy goes five outs this game, right? Mm-hmm. Game two, Luis Garcia gets three outs. Game one, Framber Valdez gets uh, eight outs. And uh, game four was supposed to be the bullpen game for the Astros. Look, that's the thing that makes me so excited is, Brandon, they don't have any options left. They don't have any no, rested well, options. They got Zach Granke going. They don't have any rested options that they truly trust for using as a bullpen a genuine bullpen, Brandon. Let's pretend they were never thinking about doing a bullpen game because realistically, what game two forced, it forced their hand into, okay, Zach Greinke, who's thrown 40 pitches in the last month, a month plus actually now, he is now going to have to come out and do a starter's workload. They really don't know what they're going to be getting out of this guy. They haven't seen him. They don't know exactly how long he's even going to be able to go in this game all they know is he has to do it but let's pretend that they were always trying to do that and that he was able to get them five brandon i don't see a scenario where this bullpen with the amount of usage they've had to have over the last couple games is going to actually feel rested at any point in this series like they're not going to feel like a normal pen over a mlb stretch during this series whatsoever. That's what's exciting. That's almost as exciting as the Zach Granke stuff. Actually, no, that's more exciting than the Zach Granke stuff because we really don't know what we're going to get. Game four is going to decide it, not just because it puts could put the Red Sox up 3-1, but because it's so crucial that he has a great outing. And we don't know if he's going to get, even in the regular season, Brandon, you can agree with this. We didn't always know whether we were going to get lights out Zach Granke or get shelled Zach Granke. That could happen regardless of his health. And now you're adding a health element into that. 
makes this all the more interesting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, let me just say right now, you're right about the bullpen. They're, they don't have anyone that I like out of the bullpen. I mean, I love, what's his name there? Uh, Ryan Presley, but he's a high leverage guy. Like you can't have him go six outs. Uh, then that's the thing. Sure, he got tonight off. And should the Astros be in a spot to, you know, up in late innings tomorrow, uh, he might have to go six outs and then be expected to also pitch in maybe game five or six or seven. Uh, Yimmy Garcia absolutely blows. This guy is atrocious, LJ. In the six games he's appeared in in the playoffs this year, five innings, eight hits, seven runs allowed. I mean, the guy sucks. And they, they traded for this guy at the trade deadline. Kendall Graveman. Well, what, what has he done for them this, this year? I honestly don't know what he's done in the playoffs for them. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't even think he pitched tonight. So he's an option for tomorrow. Uh, you know, oh, okay. Uh, Kendall Graveman, he didn't even pitch in game two. So, okay, he's, he's an option. But, but, that, but that also leads to the question, Kendall Graveman was brought in to be one of your setup guys for this team. He was one of the better closers in the American League in the first half with Seattle. It was a huge issue when they traded him. So why is he not coming in to stem some of the stem the flow in any of these situations? Do they not trust a guy who was was at one point having that great a season? Well, he has been good in the postseason this year. Yeah, but that's that feels like more of an indictment on what the team thinks of him, regardless of numbers, to not put him into any of these weird situations. Like there have been a number of situations where they've had to make a pitching change because of being in a jam. And the fact that you wouldn't consider putting him in one of those today or even in game two, knowing that you have the rest day, that seemed a little weird to me. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I, I don't know what what uh, Dusty Baker's going to do if a game was to ever go to extra innings in this series. I mean, this he's just get, just getting blown out two games in this series. Like game two looks a lot better on the scorecard because the Astros get those two runs in the bottom of the ninth, thanks to those two just fluke home runs off of. Um, Ryan or Darwin's and Hernandez, uh, you know, they get the two fluke home runs. So it's nine, five, but that game was over for a long time after the two grand slams, um, tonight, this game was over after the second inning after Jose or Jimmy Garcia, you know, they get shelled this guy, Phil Maton. I, I didn't even know he was on the Astros to be honest with you. I knew he was on the Indians to start, or he was on the Indians in 2020, barely. He was, on, he was on the Indians. He was the trade piece in the, um, what's his face? The center, the center fielder. Miles Straw trade. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. You're right. The Astros uh, bullpen is, is taxed. This Red Sox lineup is just, 
just crazy. Can I, it, can it, I refresh the stats here? Because now it's first team to hit three grand slams in a postseason series. It is also the tonight we got the 20th homer of their postseason. 20 homers in eight games. And the Dodgers had the record, the postseason record last postseason for most home runs. I'm not sure exactly how many they hit. I have to assume the Red Sox. And they got more more games. No matter what, they're going to get more games because they had the full extra round series, right? Right. So they had to play. Did it go to game three against the Brewers in their little one, their wild card series? I'm going to check right now. It, um, 2020. Okay, no. So it was only two games, but still, they got the extra so game the there. Game. LJ, I want to talk about uh, Kike Hernandez. Have you seen his OPS for the postseason? Yes. Yes, I have. I, I look at it when I feel sad. Can I, can I uh, read off some stats here? Please. Okay. So he said 36 at-bats. Only walked once, so he's only had 37 plate appearances. For whatever reason, they refuse to walk this guy whatsoever. Well, maybe the guy behind him might be the issue. Okay, yeah. One of the most dangerous lefties on the planet. (laughs) So 18 hits, 36 at-bats. So that's a 500 batting average, which, (laughs) nice. Uh, Four doubles. Five home runs. So out of the 18 hits he's had, half are extra base hits. Half. I don't know that. I want to look at Juan Soto because I know his slugging percentage was pretty crazy this year. 534. 29 homers, 20 doubles out of 157 hits. So not even close. He's getting an extra base hit. One out of every four times he steps to the plate. <laughs> that is ridiculous. It is insane. And I'm going to cut in real quick and then you can keep going. But you watch the at-bats and even the at-bats that end in outs and doesn't feel like an out because he's worked it so well. This guy, he's not, he's not really striking out. When he gets down and he's defending the plate, the defenses are some of the scariest pitches you're getting. I haven't – I've seen very seldom this postseason a ball off that of Kike Hernandez that was not some form of hard hit line drive. It's not always in fair territory. A lot of these are either pulled defending the plate or either um, down the first baseline, down the third baseline, but they're always in the air. They're always clearly like if those were straightened out, they're easily singles or doubles. So I just looked in 2020, Juan Soto had an extra base hit. Uh, Half of his hits were extra base hits as well. 54 hits, 27 were extra base hits. That's why he had a 695 slugging in 47 games. Kike, a 1.028, not OPS. No, not OPS. 1.028 slugging percentage. And then you look at his OPS for the postseason. It is 1.541 in 
the CS in these three games, I believe it's over two. It's like two dot something. It is two dot oh two seven in these three games. Yeah. I mean, it is insane what he's doing all, right now. All while still, honestly, like I was, I was saying, fully serious. This guy will probably, if he doesn't almost win it, he'll be top three, four for the American League center center field goal glove. He's going to be up there in votes. He's going to get votes. He's playing a better defensive center right now than he was all post all regular season also. And that that wows me not only because that wasn't his original, his like true position coming into the year, but it, it's gone to the point where you have to keep Christian Arroyo in this lineup. Like I was talking with people in the hypothetical scenario where we had to, where we ended up in the world series, the strictly hypothetical scenario, we go to the world series. What does this lineup look like? And the agreement was if JD Martinez is healthy enough to play the field, then Renfro has got to be out of the lineup, which seems crazy until you think about the fact that you cannot, you would be hurting yourself more taking Kike out of center than taking Renfro out of right. Yeah, uh, Kike Hernandez this season plays 93 games in center, 47 at second, eight at shortstop, puts up, according to baseball reference, a 2.1 defensive war, uh, best by far in his entire career for a full season, just insane numbers uh great acquisition by boston somehow this guy just completely flipped a switch offensively that he didn't show in 2019 or 2020 uh and is the hottest hitter on the planet right now and it's not even close i mean tonight he's two for four uh just such a command for the plate it's it's pretty insane what he's doing uh as for tomorrow's game, the Red Sox send out Nick Pavetta. Uh, LJ, I need your thoughts on this because you had said yesterday you went on your, your uh, little rant where me and you couldn't figure out how to count the games. But yeah. regardless of that, you had said that the Red Sox have not used Nick Pavetta in this series yet. So I need to know your thoughts on him starting game four. I love it. I have no real concerns with it, Brandon. This he has been pretty clearly. Yeah, he has been the best long innings player on this team this postseason. And he's done it in situations where he didn't expect to be doing. He shouldn't expect to have to come in to bail out. Um, what was it? Ivaldi? No, it was uh, Rodriguez. He bailed out. Hauk bailed out. Uh, sale so he, he shouldn't have to expect to bail a guy out in game one he shouldn't expect to have to carry through the extra innings game in boston like those were moments that it was kind of panic mode for the team that he stepped up in and showed i have no issues with him getting this start honestly that's what i always assumed was going to happen was they're going to go to four men for this series and that's what they're doing I trust him going out there, so we'll we'll see, and we'll see how it goes too. Because I'm more than willing to bet that Chris Hill will be available out of the bullpen 
tomorrow and they'll just take it and they'll just pretend that he was going to be the starter the whole time. They've probably got it all mapped out for both both occasions is what I would bet so that if Pavetta doesn't look sharp and they need to pull him early, they can just say that this was stale start. Well, as for the schedule, Red Sox and Astros play game four Tuesday at eight, game five Wednesday at five, uh, both of those in Boston. As for game five, neither starter has been announced yet as expected. They then take, uh, if if unnecessary, after game five, they will take Thursday off and travel back to Houston for Friday and Saturday for game six and seven uh, in Houston, of course. LJ, shall we preview uh, game three of Braves-Dodgers? Um, in just a second, because I do sure. have one more here in terms of history in this. First off, let's start with Eduardo Rodriguez. Great start. Look good. What? I said he looked good. Yeah. Again, this is back-to-back outings after not looking good at all his first one out. This is back-to-back outings. I'm not going to call this a gem, but, I mean, gem is just a hot, very, very high bar. You're getting a quality start in the postseason. That is fantastic. I am going to be absolutely thrilled with that. And he really, as much as, like, five hits, five hits is five hits, he really only made the one mistake in this game. That was the 300-run homer for Tucker. So I can't complain with that. I'm pleased with the six innings, five hits, three earned. But more importantly, Brandon, in the history of Fenway Park, no lefty in the postseason has had seven strikeouts and no walks. That's the most strikeouts without a walk in postseason history by a lefty at Fenway. Really? Yep. That is crazy to me i'm trying to think of what lefties the red Sox have had on their like previous postseason runs let's see the 2013 team i I don't even know who was on i mean so sale never did it and well yeah but we've been through that sales not good in the postseason um so sale never did it it's such a thing too because like guys we've talked about it before Guys who strike a lot, a lot of batters aren't very often the guys that aren't going to walk anybody because they throw so many things that are intended. Their intent often is to strike out. So that's what I think becomes such the rarity is the seven strikeouts with no walks. Mm. Certainly guys have gotten seven strikeouts, but either way, it's just a mind boggling number because you think about it, that's um, 109 years. 109 years that nobody did that. Yeah, but also for like 70 of those years, if you struck out more than five guys, you were considered like an absolute god on the mound. So, Still. no, yeah, very impressive. Very impressive uh, for Eduardo Rodriguez uh, and looked very good doing it. Absolutely. Uh I'd be very happy with the start. He certainly got to settle in after the grand slam, but that doesn't mean anything, especially against this offense that he's facing. Uh, Jose Altuve, just terrible stats so far this series. 
Michael Brantley has not picked it up. Alex Bregman not picked it up. The only really, the only guy who's really been playing good, Kyle Tucker looks pretty good. Yuli Gurriel, pretty good. Uh, Carlos Correa, the first two games was good, except for tonight. Jordan oh, Alvarez, I love the guy. I do have to, again, once again, give props to Alex Cora for going about, you're going to cringe when I say this, but he, he, you have to admit, Alex Cora has been the best handling one of the stuff in Houston out of the group of them. He's handled it the best. But overall, I think certainly he's put an emphasis on doing it the right way since the very contentious or negative way that Eduardo Rodriguez gets off the mound, he gets Carlos Correa to pop up to end that sixth inning and starts doing the same. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Watch tap that Correa did on the uh, on game one, and Cora wanted none of that. So props to him. There's the right way to do it. Not only should you not be poking the bear in the postseason, that's just not a wise idea because momentum can change so quickly. But it's just it's wrong. It's poor sportsmanship. No, it is. Um... You know, and I'm fine with it being like when when Carlos Correa does that celebration after hitting a homer, like I'm fine with that. Like guys celebrate the imitation part, I think, is why uh, why Cora was so mad. It's like you can do your own thing coming off the mound. Just don't make it so blatantly that you're copying someone else. Yeah. And, you know, and honestly, it's not a bad response to it. It's just not the best response. It's it's not the time there. If it's to win the game, I mean, I'm doing that a <laughs> hundred times. Oh, I, I still, I, I just think there's, yeah, there's a level of respect. I think you have to, if they're not holding it up, you have to. Oh, one last thing I wanted to bring up because I saw it today. LJ, you want to know the offenses that had the lowest ground ball rate in baseball this year? The Giants, Braves, Dodgers, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Astros. I want you to think about that. Those are the best offenses in the league. Maybe, just maybe, hitting the ball in the air works. Just a thought. Just a thought. It's also about, yeah, yes, but at the same time, you can't just have any – as a person who has covered in detail low A, short season A ball, baseball, just hitting in the air is not enough. It, there's a difference between hitting in the air and hitting in the air right the right way. And that's how you get such frequent hitting in the, hitting in the air is because you're going about it in the right way. I don't mean the rub, salt on the wound, but the name I was definitely expecting to hear in there was at least the Yankees. Am I entirely wrong with that? I mean, I know they ground into every double play possible, but 
I, I was kind of surprised to not hear that name on that list. Uh, the Yankees sit 12th in ground ball percentage, so right around league average. Wow. However, something very quick I wanted to bring up. LJ, have you seen this thing about uh, Rymel Tapia's ground ball percentage this yeah. year? Wasn't it at like 60% or something like that? Okay, so <laughs> he had a ground ball percentage of 67.4%. The second guy was Eric Hosmer at 55.5%. And this is for players that qualify. So it's not like this is a small sample size. He literally qualifies for the leaderboard. Yeah, he played, he played, I don't know how many games, but like it was a quite lot. A, a staple of that lineup. So he was just smashing the ball into the ground <laughs> two-thirds of the time. I'm pretty sure it's the highest ground ball rate ever since 2007. If I do split seasons here, I can see. And, Brandon, what... while, you're, while you're splitting seasons, I want to also put this into context. He played 133 games to get to that 67%. And despite putting the ball into the ground 67% of the time, he finishes with a 273 batting average. And a 300 BABIP, which is crazy. Uh, so I just split it all the way back to 2000. Uh, all right, I just sorted it. He has the highest. I don't know how far the stats go. It looks like 2000. Oh, okay. It goes all the way back to 2002. It looks like the highest since two, at least 2002 uh, by, uh, by 0.5%. It's just not even close. He just blew it, everyone out of the water, uh, which is crazy to me. So a name I see on here a lot is Derek Jeter. I mean, since 2000, he's got one, two, three, four, five of the 30th of the 30th, five of the 30 highest ground ball rate seasons. And what does that compare at his position? Um, I see Ichiro, he's an outfielder. Luis Castillo, who is a second baseman. Toppy is an outfielder. Ben Revere was an outfielder. Christian Yelich, outfielder. Wilson Ramos, catcher. Isaiah Kiner, Falefa, catcher. A lot of catchers, or a lot of, like, outfielders, actually. Are you seeing anybody at his position? Skip Schumacher was he at? He was like second base in outfield, I guess. Yeah, no shortstops. Wait, you're saying Derek Jeter is a shortstop? Oh, he's for a shortstop. Like saying not much. It's like saying Rafael Devers is a third baseman. It's the same thing. Stop is in the name. You gotta stop the ball. You're right. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm not arguing with this tonight. I just I just can't. Not tonight. Um all right, previewing Dodgers Braves. Uh so we talked about the game time yesterday. Game f- 3 
is at 5.08 p.m. Eastern time. So 2.08 Eastern time, LA time. LJ just had a very strange reaction to something on his phone. Care to share? Okay. Okay. I just happened to see this. This is like breaking news for Red Sox lore because there's been an inside joke going around. It was actually curated by the place that curates all Red Sox culture jokes, Section 10 podcast, that Brandon, if you know the area, you'd see that this is kind of spot on. But if Kyle Schwarber were to actually be a native, he 100% fits the vibe of the city of Waltham. And so they've been calling Yes, they've been calling him Kyle from Waltham for many weeks now. And a lot of people have like latched onto it because when I tell you he fits the vibe of somebody from Waltham, he actually does. Well, tonight in the post-game presser, he wore a Waltham Hawks athletics t-shirt to the do the post game presser <laughs> i can't believe it that's that's pretty it. good this is amazing this is the best news i've heard today well the bad news is uh tomorrow at five o'clock no matter what you're doing we will be tuned in to dodgers braves uh just pretty bad timing for we talked about the west coast timing how it's 2 p.m local time there um, we have a fantastic pitching matchup. Charlie Morton versus Walker Bueller. A must win for the Dodgers, unless they're trying to pull some 2004 Red Sox magic here. Uh, Dodgers really need this one. They will, though. You, I, I think you're forgetting the fact that it, this is Atlanta. You're remembering that they're playing Atlanta, right? I, you know, I did, I did bring it up last night. I said, it's an Atlanta sports team. So you just need to like expect that the worst will happen. It's amazing. It really is. Um, also that, that reminded me of another point to how good Erod's start was tonight. Brandon, did you realize that is the longest start of this postseason? Out of any player. Out of any player, either league. No one's gone six innings. No one's gone six innings. Oh. Not you know that's surpri- surprising, but also like, like who would you have actually said it was going to go six? Did Scherzer not go six? Scherzer didn't even go five. What about when he struck out like however many guys in um game four against the giants i could be actually i could be wrong and it's just the american league but it makes what game did like scherzer go off was that game one against the Braves? never i don't think scherzer ever went off yeah he had like 10 strikeouts in one of the games um game three oh no it was game three against the giants he went seven innings it's the l no it's the l it must be the al then okay because I was just looking back, and the Atlanta starter, the Atlanta Milwaukee starters went seven, six, went seven once and six a lot. Still in the American League, that's impressive when you consider the starting pitchers that have pitched. Uh, I mean, we're talking Chris Sale, Garrett Cole, uh, obviously well, not. It's not, it's not Nathan Evaldi's fault. He goes seven easily if it weren't for uh, Jake Odorizzi's grand adventure. That everybody got taken on. Regardless, in the sport, in the sport. I I mean, 
I don't think it's out of the question that we could see Charlie Morton if he's rolling tomorrow. Let him go that far. I mean, if you can go up 3-0 and you then for game four, you're presuming the Braves can throw who freed, right? It'd be freed yeah. for game four. I'm letting Charlie Morton go as long as I can. If I can take a 3-0 series lead, are you kidding me? With with my with my ace on the mound the next day. I am so excited for this pitching matchup. I, I love watching Walker Bueller pitch. He's going to be really good for a long time. And Charlie Morton has been really good for a long time. They both have postseason experience. Uh, both teams, like this series, and I was really excited for Astros Red Sox just because of like the star power in their series. The Braves and Dodgers, they just complement each other so well, I feel like. Regardless of how many games each team won in the regular season, LJ, imagine if Acuna was healthy for this series. Well, I just really appreciate the fact that Jock's going off, too. Yeah, it's it's almost like he's filling in – he's just filling in perfect for him. Yeah, and it's like Jock's going off against the team that didn't want him last year, that that flat-out chose – like, honestly, that I think now I don't think it's the primary motivation for Kike and Jock, but like they were the two big pieces that walked after last year's World Series win. And they both watched as Justin Turner got a huge bag, Trevor Bauer got a huge bag, even though the team was already over all those luxury tax thresholds. So this team, obviously, they know, they know that this team did not care about spending money, but they weren't going to spend it on them. That is that I think could be a really strong narrative with Jock Peterson in particular, that he kind of wants to make him pay a little bit. Why wouldn't you want to make him pay a team that didn't value you enough? You feel? I agree with the Jock Peterson part. I'm gonna have to strongly disagree with Kike the. Doesn't make, no, Kike does not make any. With with the Kike part, yeah. I, I agree. That's not the. I, I think it's. In, I think it's hilarious that both of these guys are popping off, particularly Kike is just setting the world on fire for a team that isn't the Dodgers for the first time. This is like his first time he's break, broken out like this in a postseason. And he never, he, if he did this, if he did this, they definitely have more than one ring. You know, Jock Peterson low-key could have gotten World Series MVP last year. He was four for 12 in the series with a home run and three RBIs. Championship win probability added 12.7%. Like he could have gotten it. And he had a and he had a terrible regular season with them, but he stepped up in the playoffs big time when it mattered. They just they would rather have Chris Taylor, AJ Pollock, and whoever else they're rolling out there in the outfield, Steven Souza Jr. off the bench when you could have a lefty bat and jock, you know, I, LJ, that's a great point there. Like they obviously did not care about spending money, but he wasn't the money they wanted to spend. That's amazes me right now, but who won the MVP last year? Corey Seager did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Let me see what his championship win probability added is. I, I love this. Okay. Yeah. His was 25.9%. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Eight for 20 
with two homers, six walks. Yeah, no, he 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 definitely should have got it. Uh, future Yankee, or excuse me, 2021, 2022 Yankees uh, starting shortstop, Corey Seager, that is. Which we'll get into, but, you know, it's... Are you, are you sure that Francisco Lindor won't be starting for you guys on opening day next year? That would be one of the most amusing trades I've ever seen. If that, That's the one that finally breaks the gridlock of trading between the Yankees and the Mets. If that's the big blockbuster trade they make. Well, the fact that the Yankees... Desperate to get a shortstop that they're willing to take on that contract. The fact that the Yankees and Red Sox made their first trade since like the 90s for freaking Adam Ottavino... I was they like, sold, yeah, I've been trying not to give you shit about this, but I've been laughing over it for the past couple of days. You realize they made the Yankees. It was blatant that the Yankees made that trade. They paid the Red Sox to get rid of, to take Adam out of your salary. They How do we pay you? Prospects, I mean. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. They incentivized taking that contract, paid them to get take this contract off their hands. Because you wouldn't do that if it was a team that you actually saw as a threat to contend you, to dethrone you. And now that team has Adam Adovino in the ALCS. We don't yeah. particularly want to use Adam Adovino in the ALCS, but we have him there. I think that's why the Yankees got rid of him. Is We had enough guys in our bullpen who we were confident in. It was just like, you know, we, Yankees bullpen always uh, – figures it out and the thing with Ottavino is when he has to face a left-handed batter LJ I'm sure you you would notice this this year it's 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 bad he cannot get a lefty out to save his life righty he is literally he's he's Pedro Martinez against the righties and uh I don't even know who to use for 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 lefties uh that Randy Dobnak versus lefties (laughs) I just Randy Dobnak. Um, I forgot about him. Um, yeah, I think what killed him this year in particular was you add in that peripheral that like he can't really do much against lefties, and he was clearly our second best reliever on this team through mid-August. Like it felt very clear to me. And then when they finally decided to move away from Barnes, because that was blowing up, they went to Adovino, and then all of those same things kind of flashed up. And that really is what tanked the season. Because he hasn't up in the same since they gave him that brief stint in the closer role. I just, oh my God, LJ, in September? You mean to tell me this man in 13 games he appeared in allowed a 203 OPS plus? What the hell happened? Yep. <laughs> 203? How? The, How? Scariest, the scariest part, and again, that's what – let me remind you here, Brandon. This was year year two of the rebuild. Like, all right, unless you're saying that last year was the takedown, this is year one. This is the first step back. The bullpen isn't at full depth that you were expecting to get to this point with. No. And so – it should be slightly concerning, although he has not pitched bad in the postseason. So I can't, I can give him that. 
It should be slightly concerning that he is the second guy you take off this team. The rotation of the back spot is Matt Barnes and Darwin's and Hernandez right now. I don't particularly want either of them there. I could, I, I would not be upset if Adam Avino wasn't there, but we just don't have anything to replace. And it's crazy because the Red Sox overall as a pitching staff were not good this year. Their ERA was right around league average. They had one of the worst whips in the league, uh, but they strike guys out. Uh, sure, they allow hits and they allow walks, especially the bullpen, but they get outs when it matters, and that's that's all it comes down to. Uh, they were still able to get 93 wins in the regular season with this half-assed bullpen that they put together. You figure, Elta, I'd have to figure in the offseason, you guys are going to be spending money on relief pitching, right? Yes. It's like that's, that's like an absolute need. Yes. The plan this offseason is – Get back the two hitters because you don't really, I don't think, I don't, get back the three hitters. You don't have to add anything there. Just retain and then go out and find relief, the, the back end of that bullpen. What about Evaldi? Do you, do you re-sign him? Like, what's the deal with him? Because he, he's going to want a lot of money. I don't think you do. I, I, I mean, I, that's certainly not, pri- I don't think re-signing guys or extending guys is ever priority on a uh, offseason. But he's a free agent. No. Yeah. Right? Or no, why does no. Fangraphs have it set to 2022 now? What? Oh, no, I was going to say, no. No, uh, Eduardo <sighs> Rodriguez is the free agent. Okay, so you still got time. JD is still got another year. Okay, so JD's you're not getting that money anywhere else this summer. This winter, because of all, especially with all the CBA stuff, he can opt out if he wants to, though, right? Yes, yes, he can opt out, but he's not getting that money anywhere else. He's he's here. Unless so, there's a salary floor, he could get that money somewhere else. It's a matter of getting Schwarber back, getting Renfro back, getting Iglesias back, and then the rest of the focus should be put on the pitcher. No, Danny Santana love. Come on. No Danny Santana love, no Hansel Robles love. Uh, you guys don't even have to pay anyone a lot in arbitration except for uh, Devers, really. I mean, Renfro is only on his second arbitration where he'll get like a, a good amount, but nothing crazy. Verdugo is not even eligible for arbit or he's he's is he not eligible for arbitration or he'll arb one I think. I think it might be arb one because he had like one he had like two half years with LA. Dahlbeck, Whitlock, Hauk, Darwinson, all still pre arb. So, wow. Okay, there's this is scary. Okay. Um. Yeah. Red Sox are set up for to look really nice. Yanks aren't. Uh, I hate baseball. Um, I think that's a good spot to end it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to recap game four of Astros Red Sox, game three of Braves Dodgers. But until then, uh, yeah, we'll see you. See you, Miniana.
It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.